Hello and a happy new year. Welcome to the first episode of 2023 for the Two Indie Authors podcast with me, Robert Enright. And me, David B. Lyons. It, it, 2023, it sounds like a future, sounds like a far off futuristic year for some reason, doesn't it? It, but we're it actually, does. We're living in it. We are it's living in it. It's just crazy. Do you know what's interesting is I had a sneak peek at what films... Were set when they came out. Were set in the future that right. we've now passed, um, including films like Blade Runner, where there's like flying cars and things like that. Yeah, Back to and, the Future. Yeah, um, and there was like oh, there was another one. I can't remember it now. But there's another one where it's like a really crazy vision of the future, and like we're past it now. And like the most yeah. interesting thing, like I have, are my like wireless earbuds. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's crazy. I've just actually written the book set in the future in 2047, 25 years from now. And purposely, because of the likes of Blade Runner and Back to the Future, I was very subtle with, um, you know, how the future looked. There was no flying cars or, or anything so extreme. It was more technology was taking over. Um, but it is interesting. <laughs> and it is really, it's genuinely 2023. So mm-hmm. how we blinked um, in 1999 and now we're 24 years later. Um, but it is, as Robert has said, the first podcast of the year. Um, it's our 12th in total. And today we're going to be discussing our goals for the next 12 months uh, before we tackle a mailbag question sent in by one of our listeners. And that all comes before fascinating and multifaceted crime fiction author Sally Rigby sits down with myself and Robert to face our seven questions. Before all that, though, we will begin by discussing the week that was, which is how we begin every podcast. Um, We do call it the week that was, but it's actually a couple of weeks since we've last spoken, Robert, because we've had a Christmas break. So what have you been up to since we last spoke? I had a Christmas break. Um, Well deserved. Yeah, I I think I switched off uh, the day after we did our podcast. So that Friday, was it the 23rd? And then I didn't yeah. sit back down at my laptop to do anything book-related until Tuesday the 3rd. Right. Um, I just took the time off. I was like, um, it, it was Olivia's first proper Christmas where she knew what was going on. Like, she was proper hyped and excited for it. Yes. Um, and now that I have a child, um, family want to see me more over Christmas. Funny that. Um yeah. <laughs> but but so so we had like five days from Christmas Day to like the twenty ninth, thirtieth, um, where we were very busy. Um I went to see my dad for the first time uh in over a year. Um that's not for anything bad, it's nice. just because they moved house and logistics. Yeah, logistically, and they've moved a bit further away. So I got to go stay at my dad's, uh, which was nice. Um, but yeah, just it's just been nice to have a bit of time to rest my brain, uh, yeah. spend good quality time with um, my girls, with Safe and Olivia, and just 
enjoy uh, kind of a, a slower pace for, for yeah. about 10, 10 days or so. Um, but yeah, so not really loads to throw at you for, for what I've done since the last yeah. spoke to you. But uh, how about you? How was your Christmas and New Year's, mate? Um, very similar to yours. A lot of family time, which is, I guess, what those holidays are supposed to be about. Um, and we're split between Dublin and Birmingham. Uh, my wife's a Brummy. I'm from Dublin, so it's it's a lot of family and uh, a lot of moving about to, to see everybody. Um, and it sounds exhausting. At the end of it, it is exhausting, but you're creating memories, really, aren't you? So uh, that's the main thing. Um, but we we needed a break. You needed a break. You went from you know book to book without pausing and i've had a very heavy year in terms of um the themes that i've been writing about so i mean i i definitely needed that christmas break came at the right time as well oh good stuff that's what i like to hear are you fit and ready for 2023 david i you am feel I good. S- you feel good I do. I feel really positive heading into this year. Like you, I started work a few days ago. I got back to the desk. Um, and do you know what I did? I explained this to you um, a, a couple of months back. I hadn't, I'd neglected my accounts. Uh. I hadn't done my accounts for four months. So um, what day are we at today? Thursday. On Tuesday, I did four months of accounts. You know how long it took me? An hour and a half. I know you've been and, putting that and, off. And I've been putting that off for months. and But that goes to show, you know, people think, they, they look at the indie author community and think, oh, I don't think I can do the indie route because, yes, I can write books, but the business side of it is really off-putting. It, an hour and a half to do four months worth of accounts, it's nothing. No, it's, and it's, it's one of those ones where it'd take even less if you did it month on month. Yeah, it takes about 20 minutes, really, for me to do the month on month. I just stopped. I just stopped. Um, but I'm going to stay right on top of it now. Um, the first week of every month, I will just take note of the previous month's accounts and ship them off to my accountant, and that's it. It's really nothing, and it, it, it I really shouldn't be in fear of it. No, well, that's it's just... It's, it's, um... Admin is horrible. Well, it's not horrible. It depends what admin it is. Because we're down... to think it's horrible, aren't we? Really? Yeah, because it's it's not writing. But at the same time, it's quite nice when you stick in. Um, and I hope our listeners are now using their twenty twenty three sales tracking spreadsheet, David. Let's, yes, uh, give that Robert's a Christmas plug. gift. But um, but when you're sticking in sales figures and seeing the numbers going up and things like that, yeah, that's always quite a nice reaffirming uh, moment. No, it make, makes it uh, worthwhile. Um, I just realised I said I haven't done anything. I've, I finished my edits on my book. <laughs> oh, you have? Oh, great. Yeah. Um, I think I said before we broke up that um, my editor, Emma, um, because it's so close to Christmas and most authors are sensible and don't write until like the day before Christmas, um, she had a bit of space. So I sent her the book and she was able to turn it around she gave it back to me some point between christmas and new year right so uh, as soon as i started work tuesday like tuesday morning i'd say nine o'clock after i got back from the gym which i'm still going to by the way I'm still um, going yeah that's not that's not just a new year new me thing i started that before the new year um i think yeah from like early morning um tuesday i was sitting there doing my edits but they've all gone they've gone off to a proofreader now so um yeah full steam ahead there great 
Awesome. Nice. So, yeah, we're back into it. We're, we're both a couple of days back into it, really. Um, and that, I guess, so there's not much to talk about apart from the fact that we all saw our families um, yeah. over the Christmas period. We hope all our listeners um, had a great break and a well-deserved break, too. Um, I guess that was the week that was. We are now going to discuss the year that will be. Two in the Right, David, 2023, the year that we want it to be. Um, we're going to discuss our our hopes, our dreams, our passions for the next uh, year. But also, I think from a realistic standpoint, where, where we both want to take our own businesses. Um, and I know you've, you've put together a structure for how we're going to discuss the year ahead. Um, so I will give it over to you so you can guide me. Oh, well, yes. Thank you very much. Well, I thought it would be very interesting for us to discuss, um, because it's, it's, it's high on our lists on the year 2023, this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll discuss what our hopes and aspirations are for the podcast and how we're trying to help you, uh, the listener, as often as we can. And, and you know, what, 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 we're, what we're expecting to produce for you over the next 12 months. I think our listeners will also benefit from us um, deep diving into our writing, Rob, so we can discuss, you know, what we plan to write this year. And, you know, maybe we reflect on this podcast in, in December <laughs> of 2023, which I'm sure will go in the blink of an eye. And. Um, um, and we'll just, we'll see if if we you know matched our ambitions. And another important topic that I'm sure our listeners will want us to talk about is money. Um, how much yep. do we think we're going to make this year? How many sales do we think we're we're going to make? And um, you know we, we'll sort of put down a marker, I guess, on that over this you know twenty minutes or half an hour that we talk about twenty twenty three or the upcoming year. And um, you know I I think our listeners could benefit from that. What do you think? I think that sounds like three very, very good topics we could discuss and talk about. Um, and I think we, we made the point on the last podcast of the year, our wrap 2022, that um, we don't mind talking about money because mm-hmm. it it's a reality of the business. So I think we can have an open and honest talk about that. But yeah, I think, I think that sounds good. Where Great. do we start? Well, let's talk about the podcast um, because this is going to be a big part of our working weeks over the next 52 weeks, Rob, right? So we've mm-hmm. committed to this podcast of, of creating a brand called The Two Indie Authors where we want to, you know, get together a community of independent authors who can all help each other in this Facebook group whilst, you know, hopefully taking some nuggets of wisdom from these recordings these podcasts which drop on where you get your podcasts every monday and it's not just robert and i we don't proclaim to be experts we're just explaining how we have become um full-time independent authors and how we've managed to collate uh, six-figure turnovers and but also on that we invite a guest on as you will know if you're listening regularly to the podcast to every episode to discuss their processes and you know they answer these same seven questions that myself and Robert came up with last summer when we were pre-producing this podcast so essentially Robert we set this podcast up to 
pay mm-hmm. it back in a sense, didn't we? We've got so much help from so many other independent authors that helped us along the way that we thought, well, let's collate everything together. Let's put a good podcast together because there's a lot of podcasts out there um, which we have learned from, but we wanted to put a magazine podcast together that had similar features, same features running every week that our listeners could relate to. And then hopefully within that, while we're talking and waffling along into our microphones, (laughs) Robert, some nuggets of wisdom might drop into the ears of our listeners. Yeah, I, I, I think that's spot on. Um, I think for me, one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast is I wanted it to be the podcast I wished was available when I started taking this seriously, like four, I think it'll be five years this year. Um, And there wasn't something like this available. So there are, there are some really good podcasts out there. I'm definitely not going to throw any shade at any people. Yeah. Um, but there are and everyone's very trying good, to help. Yeah, yeah. Every podcast that goes out there, that they're, they're out there trying to help. But what I was finding was all the podcasts sounds harsh. The podcasts that were worth listening to that had the were from like the heavy hitters that you would see dominating the indie author world. Yeah, and it's hard to resonate with people who were operating at such a high level. So, you know, if someone's saying, you know, they're spending hundreds of thousands of pounds on marketing, that's incredible and it's aspirational and it it can inspire you to see what, you know, the art of the possible is. But it can then also be quite intimidating yeah. as someone starting out or, you know, and, and you want to kind of remove as many mental obstacles from you pursuing this as possible. And so there wasn't something like this where there's two charming authors. Very handsome as well. Very incredibly handsome, handsome charming <laughs> authors. Um, <laughs> who, because what I don't think we ever say what you should do. I don't, and I, I, yeah. I that's another one is it? We talk about how we did it. Yeah. Um, and I think what <clears throat> the aim always was, was we'll pick a topic and we'll talk about how we've approached that. And hopefully, like you say, nuggets of wisdom, things we say, something you will say this week will resonate with one listener somewhere. Something yeah. I'll say at some point in time will do the same. Hopefully, you know, every single one of our guests who have been on have you know, enlightened me with different yeah. ways I can approach stuff. Yeah, so too. I think as long as we stay on that track, as long as we have good topics, there's always topics to talk about. We've got loads lined up. We've got some good authors coming on we've got other guests lined up for this year yeah i think as long as we keep sticking to that idea of this is the podcast we want people to gravitate to for almost like a realistic look at how to do this for a living yeah and cultivate that community because i've started to see like we're seeing people messaging on facebook other people answering people's questions or suggesting things which is fantastic Um, And I've had a few people privately reach out to me over the Christmas period asking, like just saying they've listened to the podcast, what would be my advice on this? And then luckily I could point them to an episode where we've spoke about it in depth. Yeah. Um, So I guess that's my aim for the podcast this year is is we, we stay on that track. We obviously build the listenership up, build the community up. But as long as we don't, you know, waver from that initial 
mission we had, then I'd deem that a very successful year for the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, I hear you. Everything you say on that. One of the, the key words you, you've used there for me and something we discussed uh, before we set up the podcast is community. So it is about creating a community that you can reach out to Robert or I or any of the our fellow indie authors who become part of that community and ask any questions so we're, we're we're totally open to discussing any topic that you the listeners want discussed so it, it so get involved in our facebook community um start asking questions and we will give you our experience of that question um as an answer on the air so that that's really what we want to do we want to help you out um with any areas that you seem to be perhaps getting stuck on in your indie author career. What about, I mean, we, we do, Robert does, we have a lot of good guests lined up so that the podcast is just going to grow. We are fully intent uh, and we fully intend to grow this podcast to get to get big numbers to listen to it. It's um, over the next 12 months, it's going to grow exponentially and we, we really want to create a big community, don't we, Rob? Yeah, uh, that, that's always the intention, was the more people you have kind of pulling in the same direction, the more momentum it gets. Um, and, you know, we've said there we've got some people. We, we want to bring people on the podcast who can provide, like, a valuable listen. So we've had yeah. one takeover episode so far, which was when Lee Beddo joined us. Um, yes, the, the audio book audiobook. expert. Yeah, the, he narrates all my books. Another author we've had on here, um, Stephen Taylor. He yeah. narrates his books. So, but having him on was just fascinating to listen about all that goes on in the world of audiobooks. Yeah, stuff that we both didn't know goes on that he has to deal with and all that. So, hopefully, over the coming twelve months, some of the other guests we've got coming on we'll be able to shed similar light on other areas of the you know the whole self-publishing remit from you know start to, to finish to marketing to, to yeah. whatever well so, the thing about that is there's so many areas that we, we will never be short of guests and topics to discuss um because the you know the the tasks are sort of endless aren't they really and it, and mm-hmm. And it's all new, even though it's about 10 or 12 years old, independent publishing. It's still relatively new tech-wise, so it's growing and it will continue to grow. And we're going to be here for you to help you deal with all of the hurdles you come up against in your indie author career. Now, one of the hurdles that we face on a regular basis, because this is what we chose to do for a living, (laughs) is writing books. so yes one we myself and rob are going to build a podcast and we're going to grow it over the next 12 months but over the next 12 months robert what do you intend to produce in terms of writing four books that's my four books in 12 months nice okay that's my aim um i'm not going to do my you know book in six weeks like i did (laughs) <laughs> back end of last year um because i'm still trying to find my rhythm still trying to find my perfect routine for the week it's getting there mm-hmm. um however this is a good opportunity to do it um, i had a good chat with my wife over 
the the uh, Christmas break about what you know what's next what what do I do now because you know this is the reality of the situation this is my job now and yeah. I think as a a sensible uh, plan of action is to kind of keep it like a three month periods per book yeah um so whilst i'm writing one plot the next that type of thing you know because i'm not just going to be writing there's other parts of the business i have to do i've already got sam pope so sam pope 10 is coming out this month i've already got sam pope 11 plotted pretty much great which means that's not far off from starting right and then you'll be aiming at a sort of april late april early may release yeah um so i want to do so i want four books this year so takes number 10 out of the way that's being released this year but i've already written that um so i want to do sam pope 11 and 12 because i want the fourth box set yes Um, okay yeah so trilogy box sets to be you know horribly crude and blunt about it that makes sense for me to do financially um because mm-hmm. those books sell i have the stories already planned out pretty much and i get another box set which essentially is like free money because it doesn't it cost me 50 quid for a cover yeah um but they make each one of them's on average makes if i have four of them that's probably an extra two two and a half grand a month that i don't even have to do anything for yeah the so, book's already written the book's already written and they sell because they're slightly yeah. discounted so um i love writing sam pope but i'm going to write those ones more as a this makes logical sense to do that because it'll set yeah. me up financially more i am going to be resuscitating my my bermuda jones series um, yes which is like a urban fantasy crime-ish thrillery books like it's kind of like a mix between hellboy and men in black and um it's a bit more out there than sam pope so yeah obviously like monsters and yeah it's, it's got a, a different more, world yeah a bit more humor in it as well um but they're very fun to write and it's a very big Great. passion project for me um, nice but i did those those were the books that my publishers years ago dropped the ball with essentially and then i just went straight to sam pope so I feel like I've neglected them for a while. Yeah. I feel like now the fact that I can market books, can can do all these things with them, I'm going to start doing that. So Bermuda 3 is going to be written. And luckily Bermuda 2 kind of finished on a cliffhanger that could stretch for a long period of time. Oh, right. Interesting. So yes. I'm going to probably do a little time jump in the books as well. Uh, to nice. bring to bring it all in line, so so I'm excited to do that one, and then I do plan on doing NaNoWriMo again this year. So right. um, I think I've mentioned on here before that there was a detective series I want to do based off of a another a spinoff, a spinoff from Sam Pope series. So what I'm going to do nice. is I'm going to hold that back to NaNoWriMo, kind of oh, as like right. a, a little treat. But the other the other priorities this year is I'm going to do Sam Pope Eleven. Sam Pope 12 and Bermuda 3 because then Bermuda 3 gives me a box set as well yes my first trilogy in the Bermuda so, series yeah um, so so there's, that's, there's a lot of writing to do it's a lot of words to put on the page um, but hopefully what I've outlaid there to our listeners is there's a thought process behind it as well I'm not just 
you know, pick. Oh, I've got a cool idea. I'm picking that one out of the air. I'm picking yes. that one out of the air. It, yeah. It goes back to, yeah, how I became a full time author anyway. It's a very strategic um, yeah. plan in place. Doesn't impact the creativity and the love of writing, but. But it's sense it's making sensible decisions along the way as well. So um I think I've got quite a lot to do this year, but I've got the time to do it. And it sounds very achievable for books over the yeah. course of twelve months, especially while you're writing in series. And also it, it it's great point Robert makes about, you know, you know, as as independent authors, we're not just plotting and planning plot in stories we're also running a business which needs some planning ahead and it's great to see um such foresight over a 12 month period that you you know what you want to do you know that you're going to write a book in november you know you're going to release two between now and the start of july and then you're going to get into bermuda three in quarter three and then um in quarter four for NaNoWriMo you, so there's a plan your, your 12 months in terms of your writing is already laid out in front of you yeah, and and all I need to do is fill in the gaps, which is the creative process, which is yeah. the, yeah, the the enjoyable bit, love, bit. The, the bit we love doing. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, so hopefully I'm not setting myself up, you know, too too high up that the drop will be big, but I think it's achievable. David, I remember you were quite um, I don't know, secretive about next year going to be slightly different for you i think you weren't planning on hitting the books as hard but uh what's your yeah. what's your 2023 what do you envisage it being for you i am definitely taking a break from novel writing i have my three trilogies out now i really want to there's something about the last trilogy i wrote which is called the america trilogy i just have a feeling it's worth a lot of money and I want to really sell those books in America. I want to. I have a strategy and a plan to sort of market those books in America. So the first quarter of this month, the first three months, I really want to nail down my marketing and, and start selling thousands, tens of thousands of those novels in America. I've mostly sold them in the UK. Um, so it's... It, those three books which I've written over the last 18 months I, I, I'm I going to spend the first few months of this year nailing down a marketing campaign that will sort of get people talking about the books Yeah. so I have my agent on that in terms of getting me on pod, say that then. podcasts that gonna, and stuff is, is that going to be collaborative with your agent to do that it is we're going to because the, the book sort of raised topics that you know we should be talking about so i sort of want to get on podcasts in america and and do a sort of a round of interviews and stuff like that to hopefully spark some interest in them but really i mean i've appeared on podcasts i think i've said this on on this podcast before i've appeared on podcasts i've appeared in national newspapers i've been in magazines and you know what they they really did nothing for sales because Mm -hmm. nothing nothing beats a facebook or an amazon ad where all your customer has to do is click a button yes and that's it and then they buy the book whereas if i'm in the independent newspaper and you know i've had i've had spreads in newspapers big features and stuff like that and they do nothing for sales because what that means is somebody has to read the newspaper and um, get up off their arse and, and, you know, go and bother to 
Google me or or find out where my books are for sale. <laughs> they might even walk into Eason's or WH Smith and realize, oh, this guy's books aren't here. Um, and then come out. No, it, it, marketing where somebody only has to tap their button against their tap their finger against a screen is how you sell is how I've sold the amount of books I've sold. It's true yeah. that sort of marketing. But I just feel with the American books there's such a discussion topic that I sort of want to play to the ego a bit and have people discuss them and and appear in in mainstream media. It may be possible, it may not be possible. That's the plan over the first three months and uh, but my main aim over this year is i really want to sell a screenplay now is this I a screen st- is this a screenplay based on any of your books or is it a completely new idea um it it, it could be either or whichever one I, I i i want to sell one this year and it could be either or there are two written there is one written for in the middle of middle america which is the first of this america trilogy series um which you know, it, 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 this, this, this was written six months ago when somebody showed interest in it. A small production company in Ireland read the book, really liked it, reached out to me, said, uh, do, "Have you ever considered selling the rights to this book?" And I said, "Well, I, I mean, I'm not interested in in selling the rights to them. I'm interested in writing the screenplay." Yeah. <laughs> so I I wrote the screenplay, sent it off to them. They liked it. They sent it to a couple of their contacts and suddenly Lionsgate in Los Angeles picked this up. I, I, I don't know whether I spoke about this on the podcast. I know I've spoken to you about it, Robert. Um, so Lionsgate were interested and this is one of the biggest production yeah, companies yeah. in Hollywood and I get excited and then suddenly they just go, oh yeah, we, we've considered that. We've discussed that internally and we're not going to take it. And then, so suddenly you are inches away from a dream coming true to suddenly nothing like there's no in between there's no gray area it's either black or white when it comes to selling a screenplay so they didn't take it up but i still think it's very sellable this idea so we're we're working on that um and then i haven't outed the book but i might as well out it now um on this one in october this year a big production company in britain I won't name them, but one of the big production companies that do all these ITV dramas and all this type of thing, they reached out to me. They had read my Alec Ferguson biography yeah, that I'd written in COVID and in lockdown times. And they said, you know what? For years, we've been trying to, con- we've been considering doing an Alec Ferguson biopic. We could never figure out what it should look like until we read your book. Now we see it. Um, have you sold the rights to this book or would you be interested in selling the rights? And I said again, I'm not interested in selling selling the rights. (laughs) I'm interested in writing the screenplay. So I've written an Alec Ferguson screenplay for this production company. Now, while I was writing it, I sent it off to a friend of mine who's an actor and a producer. And he said, oh no, this is what it should look like. Because I was doing everything in writing. You know, it, it was about 10 pages of literally just text on a page. Yeah. And he said, no, this is how you sell a screenplay with all these images, because, of course, it's a visual medium. Uh-huh. So we put this thing together and it's Alex Ferguson in the 1960s. It's not Alex Ferguson at Manchester United. It's Alex Ferguson, how he possessed the skills to become the, the legendary managed football manager he became. Yeah. So it's him on the streets of Govan in nineteen in the 1960s when he you know he was suffering a little bit with depression. His football career wasn't going as great as he was. That's what they saw in my book that they thought could be 
transferred to screen. So I wrote this up, sent it to my friend. He said, no, this is how you do it. You put all these images in it and you make it a visual medium. It's not just about the writing. And I went, oh, of course. How did I not know that? And then he, and then when I sent it back to him with all these this visual stuff done, he went, this is brilliant, David. Um, I've got contacts at the BBC. I'm going to send this on to them. Do you mind? And I went, no, yeah, go ahead. He says, I've also got another, there's another big production company. I think they'd like it as well. So he sent it off to them and suddenly... I had three big players really interested in this oh, Alex Ferguson wow. biopic. And I was going, oh my God, I'm going to find out in the next couple of weeks if this if my dream is going to come true. No, nothing, nothing, nothing. I'll definitely find out before Christmas, right? I'll definitely know before. No, <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. So we're into the new year now with the BBC, the head of drama at the BBC, really interested in it. And two other big production companies who have all shown interest in it. One who had reached out to me. Um, so I'm very, very hopeful, although I probably shouldn't be because, you know, just like in the middle of middle America, one day I'll probably get phone calls just go, oh, yeah, we really like it. But no, uh, which is how television works. But I mean, I couldn't be in a better position. Nice, in terms of that. So I'm hoping to sell that screenplay and become part of the production or at least a consultant on the production if one of those companies greenlighted, which you know, I'm hoping happens by the end of this month, but I've been hoping it happens by the end of the month for the past three months. I mean, yeah, I mean, think we'll we'll keep our fingers crossed, but I think it's just, I mean, this is a good one just to point you know, to our listeners to, like, you've been, is this your fifth year as a full-time independent author? 2000, the end of 2017, yeah, so I'm just in, yeah, I'm, I'm starting my sixth year now, yeah. Okay, so you're starting your sixth year. So I, I post on, like, my my facebook or instagram something saying like um because about my pre-order or something like i can't remember what i did but i put the message in there that a few people messaged me saying like that resonated with them as i said nobody asked me to write these things nobody paid me to write these things i took it upon yeah. myself to do it learn it now i do it for a living um and you've done the same thing no one no one told you to write betsy blake which basically made you a full-time author yeah and nobody asked you or told you to write this Alex biography as a passion project. Yeah, it's all about using all the skills you've accumulated, all the learning you've done over the years, which we continuously tell people, you, you need to learn this, you know, focus on that, blah, blah, blah. You are now possibly on the cusp of being either a writer or a consultant on a TV drama based on what you've written so you'll get paid for this on your like sporting hero yeah that is the and opportunity you've built for yourself yeah based on all the things we talk about so yeah I've done it all independently all independently all independently obviously you've had like meetings with you know agent whatever all this stuff but none of these opportunities would have happened had you not just sat down written a book and gave yourself a bit of commitment that's yeah i think it's a very good message it's a very powerful message i think it's something you should be very proud of i'd say well done to you that's incredible what an opportunity to be on the cusp of thank you yeah it is and i sort of outed this opportunity at christmas when you you know we meet up with all friends and family that we hadn't seen for a long time and they're saying oh well you you must be very proud of yourself and so many people were saying that to me and i was like yeah yeah kind of and then when i start thinking about the pride i 
I'm not necessarily proud that the BBC or two big production companies have contacted me about it. I'm sort of proud that I put myself into a position where companies like that would contact me. And I did it all myself. Yeah. That's what I'm proud of. I'm proud of the independence that we preach on this show. That's what I'm proud of. I'm proud that I own it and I've got the autonomy over it now. And, you know, if the BBC come back and say, OK, we're interested, well, they'll they'll be interested on my terms. Yeah, they won't be. You know, it's not to do with another production, another publishing company or production company. It's it, it, they'll be negotiating with me directly. And that's what I'm proud of. That is. And you should be proud of it. Um, before we move on, because you wanted to talk about what we're aiming to do sales and money wise. Are you planning on doing any writing this year? Maybe start a new trilogy? Yeah, I, I'm taking six months away from writing any novels. Um, and then from, from July onwards, I'm going to start a new trilogy. That I, I'm not like you in terms of... Sometimes a book will take me six months. Sometimes uh-huh. it'll take me two months to write. It 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 it, it, it is a process for each individual novel for some reason. The likes of Betsy Blake and its follow up, the Suicide Pack. I wrote both of those in two months. They came to me so quickly and they came out of me so quickly. Whereas the America books were were were, were so heavy that they sort of took about five or six months each. I, I released that trilogy over the span Did, of eighteen months. Actually, do you think it so, maybe helped that I think I know Betsy Blake. Um, is this and Suicide Pack are they both set in Dublin both set in Dublin and both so, set over the course of five hours so they're, they're yeah so they're also places you know uh, yeah. communities you know the life you know whereas when you're America trilogy set in a place you don't live in cultures yeah. that you're not part of and they span different time but they're, yeah. they're set like different uh, eras apart aren't they yeah, the twenty-five so, years each apart. So yeah. I think there's probably a fair bit more research that needs to go into those. So a, a lot of research, and they did, um, as I said in early podcasts, it, they did get me down. They were so heavy that um, I wasn't really enjoying the process by the time I came to book three, which is was most of the reason, apart from the interest in the screenplays. That's the main reason why I'm going to take six months off from writing a novel. Now, I'm hoping in those six months, in the next six months, that an idea will come to me. At the moment, I don't have one. Um, And it will be an idea that will encompass three books, so I'll write them in trilogy form. But I'm thinking of doing something dystopian, something a little bit Hunger Games-y-ish. Nice. Uh, I'm not certain on that, but that's sort of where my head's at at the moment. And fingers crossed, I could at least get certainly one book and the second book plotted out by the end of this year um, but it could be a case if it comes out of me very quick and I get two books done but but at least plotting out the trilogy and having one book written by the end of this year will will I'd be disappointed if that's not the case oh, well I, I'm I have no doubt she will do it um, you just spoke then about um, not really enjoying the process this year one thing we do enjoy David is money and oh, selling yeah. books. Yes, we do. Because uh, we're horrible capitalist people. <laughs> <laughs> or we're just business owners. That's all it is. And, and we, yeah. we, we, we write books to sell books. Um, what's your aim then? Because obviously if you're not releasing books, you're obviously going to be focusing more on marketing. You're yeah. going to have to, essentially. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's back-selling really, isn't it? So there'll it... be no 
launches it'll be selling books already yeah. out is it St- Stephen Stephen Taylor who said he, he looks at a book launch as a pay rise which is fantastic yes yeah he did um, on the podcast so, yeah so obviously you don't have a pay rise this year maybe not you, mm-hmm. might, you might do like you said it might come out of you in 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 a month two months in the back end of the year um so so yeah so what, what what's your your goal then this year is um are you going to look to increase your marketing I'm definitely going to increase my marketing. So I'm just off the back of my second six-figure annual income in terms Fantastic. of calendar well years, even even though we normally, you know, we shouldn't really talk about financial years on, on, unless they're April to April, which is what the tax man looks at. But in terms of January to December, and January to December, again, over 2021 and 2022, I did um, £105,000 in 2021, and that went up to 120000 in the last calendar year. Bravo. Just gone. But I, I, I want to increase that. I want to increase it year on year. It's probably going to be difficult when I'm not releasing three books this year. Um, but I just, as I said, I have a feeling, and it is all guesstimation, this, that the America books could re- do really well in America. So that's what I'm going to push over the next three months. I also do want already, to net. Do you already advertise them out there? I do, but tentatively, like £20 a day, five a day. Okay. whereas I'm pumping um, over £100 a day into the UK ads. And they've done, they sold well in the UK, but I, I want to start pumping hundreds or even thousands a month into marketing them in America and doing, oh, yeah. as I mentioned, sort of um, a bit more old school marketing, which is, you know, interviews with media and stuff like that. And none of that is guaranteed. That's all sort of hopeful. Um, and it's hopeful that it will even sell in America in the first place. Uh, I also want to get some foreign rights deals. My okay. agent is negotiating those for me this year. Again, I'd be guessing what they will bring in. I've no idea. And I've no idea even if, say, I land three or four uh, regions have translated my books into, you know, Indian or German or Spanish or whatever, I, I, I managed to land some deals. I've no idea how that will work in terms of, is it still up to, it's still up to me then to market them, right? Because I've got no... Yeah. Um, publishing company it's going to be up to me and uh, is it worth my while you know spending lots of money on the Spanish market you know, I'll, I, will, I will of course as I attest on this podcast often I will test 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 but I I, ju- I would be guessing to say oh I've landed four regional um, territories that my books are going to be translated in that's going to be worth £20,000 to me this year I, ju- I, w- I, ju- I would be guessing I do not know what that's going to be worth mm-hmm. to me at all yeah, I mean it's it's impossible to know because you're yeah. not in those markets. Um, but I guess you would have to um, just wait and see. Really, um, hopefully they do get you um, some some foreign rights deals, and yeah, it'd just be an exciting little little avenue, wouldn't it? It will, yeah. There's a lot of exciting little avenues that I'm taking this year with the screenplay and then with the foreign rights, but they that those exciting avenues make it difficult for me to plot and plan how much I'm going to earn this year. The aim is going to be 150,000 because I want to continuously increase my turnovers. Um, I'm not sure how much I'm going to have to spend to earn 150,000 pounds, but that's what I'm going to be aiming for this year. 
But uh, and another thing, another guesstimation is the screenplay. What what happens if you know one of these production companies go, okay, we're making this. We'll hire you as consultant, and we're going to give you what? X how much? Amount. X amount. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know whether that's one thousand, ten thousand, or hundred thousand. I have I've no idea. I've no expertise in this field at all. But with that, I have to say with the screenplay the money isn't the end goal i know we're, we're talking about money here is if they say we're not going to give you any money but we want you as a writing consultant we want you to write a screenplay i will i would say yes because that's more important to me than say them saying oh we're going oh, to give course, you yeah. 33 grand um but we don't want you involved i would much rather option a there because i would like the experience of um getting into television writing um so yeah i'm a i am very open about you know money and talking about what i've earned and and how much i hope to earn but this year is a lot of guessing for me Mm. um you're already explained to our listeners that you have plotted and planned out your year you want to release four books this year or write four books this year um so money wise how's it how's 2023 gonna look for you rob so I think, I mean, I'm not far off. I think this calendar year, I wasn't far off six figures. I was, right. I wasn't, I wasn't right next to it. I wasn't like, you know, two grand shy. I was probably a good this calendar year, a good twenty grand shy, maybe. So about eighty um, grand was your turnover. Yeah. So if yeah. I go cal- financially, if we did April tape, it'd be higher. Um, yeah. So I think my aim is to definitely do the six figure. I've got a couple of Great. names, but um, I think nice. releasing those books um, should should push me to it. But there's a few other things I think are key. The resuscitation of my back list. So Bermuda is one of them and building that series. I also have like a critically yeah. acclaimed thriller. The first book I ever released, um, but I've just never done any marketing on really. Right. So I might just start looking around using what I've learned on Amazon ads and Facebook ads just to push that out a bit more, you know, yeah, start, yeah, start test pushing. the waters with that. Definitely. Um, so there's, there's things there that I can already do that I'm confident. Oh, if I just apply what I know, I'll, I'll make my money back because that's what I've done with Sam Pope. So I've already got, I've essentially got, f- three books that I don't market that I could market. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other major one is I do very little to the American market. Right. So what I would like to do is I would like to match what I'm spending on the UK market with the American market and be making the same back. Cause then that would essentially Similar double, ambition double to my me, ad right. spend to then yeah. double my income. And then if I double my income, then I'm definitely having a very good year. Well, if I was you, that would be a priority for me because your books and that espionage sort of secret agent, um, but he's not a secret, but he's a secret agent in that he, nobody knows about him, right? Sam Pope. Yeah. Um, that genre kills in America. Well, they love it. it. Here's the thing. I've actually, so I did my edits. I also, I forgot to say earlier, there's a couple of things I, I forgot to mention earlier in the week that was a couple of things I've done is I've done a little bit of research this week to start the ball rolling. So I've started the process of how I accumulate all the information I need for my Amazon ads. 
Um, I've done that Great. for the Bermuda series. Nice. Um, yeah, we could t- we could discuss that in a bit more depth on another episode. I think there's definitely stuff around Amazon ads we could talk about. Um, so I've I've started doing that. So the plan is is to start um, running ads to Bermuda. Um, same way I've effectively done this year on Sam Pope. So yeah. I'm I'm envisaging maybe maybe not as much of a return because there's not nine books in the Bermuda, Bermuda series, but they look good. They've got good reviews. Um, so what I've done is I've commissioned my uh, book cover designer to do cover three for Bermuda. So although I'm a fair few months away from me, I haven't even started writing it. I've got it in place as a as a placeholder, but I've also asked them to commission some Facebook marketing thing like it like they did for me with Sam Pope, like some backgrounds and some banners that I can then add my own stuff onto. Um so so I think the the plan there is to start, you know, really ramping up the advertising on that. Um so that's something I have done this week. The other thing I did this week, well, I since I did this week, I'm suffering this week, but I'm not suffering as much <laughs> as you might think, is I accepted a load of Amazon deals. So you know, oh, great, they, yeah. But they send them to you and they don't tell you what deals they are. Yeah. So I accepted them. They offered me four. Oh, nice. Books one, two, three, and the first box set of Sam Pope. So I, I, they didn't tell me which ones they are. So I was like, you know, I'll accept them all because if I get daily or weekly deals... Well, chef's they're, kiss they're that, brilliant. Be great. Yes. they put all of them including the box set in a monthly 99p deal right so okay. I was like well one book the first book maybe but you're going to put all three of my books plus the first box set and drastically reduce my income yeah. for all of them no thank you and then I had about 20 emails back and forth with them where I was saying to them cancel them cancel them or just shift them to a different deal i don't mind obviously yeah. I was like, but they, or keep one of them in in the end i changed my prices to invalidate the deal and it's oh, still very good it still didn't invalidate the deal ah. so i'm in them now so i messaged them again saying like i've i changed price but it didn't change it and they've said like well, you've given you've given us permission to to put them in there. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to completely kick the shit out of the hornet's nest because if they turn around and go, you know what, if you if it's so bad, yeah. we'll just close your KDP account because <laughs> yeah. then I'll be left with nothing. So, um, what I've actually done is kind of sort of embrace it a little bit, but I'm actually not seeing a massive dip. Because mm-hmm. the sales are going, the sales are higher every day. The sales than are higher, of course. And yeah. My KDP reads up, so although it's a less of a uh, a royalty, because um, the sales are going up, it's kind of meeting in the middle a little bit. Um, yeah, but pl- besides, you were right in series, so you're going to get thousands and thousands of readers now over January, and you'll see the fruits of that in February, yeah. March, April. You well, will. That's, that was the, um, the 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 thought behind it was even if I have a small impact on my bottom line this month i will mm-hmm. see the benefit further down the line um yeah so i know that that that's not um you know how i'm going to make money this year by discounting all my books but uh well, it might be in the yeah, long term yeah but i think i think hitting the american market um which i'm going to start doing over the next few weeks and months and resuscitating 
my previous series along with a few more books should see my sales and my income go beyond anything it's done before yeah brilliant so yeah you're aiming over the course of 2023 for your first six-figure month uh i'm aiming six to increase <laughs> six-figure year i mean i'll have get a six-figure six figure month, month in 2025 <laughs> that's another couple of years away um and i am too so we, we we you know we'll reassess at the end of december and let's find out how we did in 2023 Okay, that brings us to the mailbag section of our show, Robert. Even over the Christmas, um, our listeners were getting in touch with us via Facebook to pose some questions. So Mm -hmm. if you do want to ask any questions, uh, listeners, do hit up our Facebook group, Two Indie Authors, and you can ask away and we will address those questions on the show. This week, our question comes from Samuel Connell Dunn, who asked very succinctly to us, how do you create your email list? Robert? How do I do? Well, I would. The first thing I'd do is I would post Samuel to episode seven, um, which I believe is all, all about back matter. Oh yeah. Um, so you and I had quite a long uh, discussion about how we set the back of our books up, and both of both you and I, both I'd say tailor our back matter to get signups more than sales. Um, yeah. So pulling the reader in and give it, getting their email address is more important than them seeing a link to another book. So my first point to Samuel would be go and listen to that episode, definitely, because um, we definitely go into more detail than we will now. Um, I would just say for me, doing free giveaway list building exercises on book funnel, um, I don't think is that valuable you'll see that championed a lot in other facebook groups but i find you're just you're picking up freebie hunters who then don't yeah. engage and you'll i i did it when i started and i got like a list of like five thousand people i ended up stripping that down to like under 700 so yeah um if you can put your ego aside for the numbers you want quality over quantity um i've literally just this year Yesterday, in fact, I bought the axe down on about 35% of my emailing list. Oh, you had, a, you had a clean up. I sent them an email just saying it's a new year. You haven't engaged with anything for six months. I'm not offended, yeah. but click this button and you'll stay on my mailing list. If you don't want to stay on it, don't click it. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've chopped my mailing list down because there's no point in me paying for subscribers who don't really subscribe. Absolutely. Um, the way to build it. The most effective way is have a sign up at the back of your book that takes a link that will take them to your website where they can enter your their email address and their name, join your mailing list and make sure you have the automation set out so they instantly get their welcome email. Uh, they should get a reader magnet so that you should be giving them something in exchange for the email address. So in my case, I have a couple of Sam Pope novellas. I luckily already have a Bermuda novella that I'm going to start using to build that mailing list up. Um, nice. But Joe, give them a reason. What's the reason they're giving you the email address? Make sure they can get that simply and effectively. And just make sure the experience for them 
is good like don't bombard them with begging them to buy your books don't you know bombard them with i don't know ways you're trying to sell them stuff you've got to sell them yeah. use your mailing list to sell a book but i i only sell new books to them or i ask them to leave reviews so i think to build it make sure you have like a good thing to offer them and have the link in the back of your book that'd be i'd say the best way of starting out yeah um i don't if you have any anything else other than that david yeah no you sort of when i saw this question i marked down back matter and then um quality over quantity and which are two notes you've already addressed so strong back matter which will entice readers to give up their email address for something you're offering them like robert said is the key way i found to build my email list I have to say, I have a really good email list, but it's not big. Um, it's like 5,800, I think. Um, but it, it opens at over 80%, about 85% is my open rate. So those, you know, I don't have tens of thousands on my email list. I have just shy of 6,000, but they're nearly all engaging, um, which is the way I, I would much rather it than having, I'd much rather have it that way than having 20,000 on my email list who just aren't engaging at all. So once you gather your email list, when you're emailing them monthly or whatever, you know, where you choose to go about it, Samuel, um, make sure you're giving them value because that will retain them. And retaining your email listers is as valuable as building it. But you will build it through strong back matter or, you know, some sort of enticement that you're going to offer your readers in exchange for their email. It's a slow build, but um, get to it. I also benefit, I have to say, um, I have a decent, I, I don't know what I have on, have about 4,000 followers on Facebook, probably a bit less than that. Um, I think it's building towards 4,000. But I reach out to them every other month or so and say, if you haven't signed up for my email list, blah, 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 and I'll get a couple of hundred fresh signups from that and i know they're already a committed audience so it, it's you know it's slow slowly but surely samuel but um quality signups over quantity is key And it's now time for our seven questions, Robert. And we have a fascinating author with us today. Um, born in Northampton, now living in New Zealand via Manchester, London and Australia. The wonderful crime psychological thriller writer, Sally Rigby. Sally, thank you so much for joining us. Early morning for us, late night for you. We really appreciate your time. Oh, thank you for having me on. No, it's it's our pleasure, absolutely. Um, Sally, if you don't mind, could you tell our listeners a little bit about your author career thus far? Okay, well, it goes back quite a long way. I started writing about 20 years ago, and when I first started, I was writing chiclet because that was all the rage, and ah. then that just stopped. So I started writing young adults, and the first one I wrote actually got picked up by a trad publisher in America. So I thought, nice. yeah, this is it. I thought that was it. You know, I've made yeah. it. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, they didn't take my option book. <laughs> that was a oh, wonderful wow. wonder to that, that um, 
for that company. But then um, another company to set up called Entangled. It was it was an American based company, and they were more eBooks. And I sold some books to them, and I stayed. I suppose the last one I had out with them might have been 2014, maybe. Right. But I wasn't enjoying it because it, it was mainly romance, and I don't like romance. I didn't read romance. I felt a bit like a square peg in the round pot, a round hole. Right. So um, I thought, oh, maybe I got my rights back to some books, and we, um, a friend and I decided we'd indie publish these books. But what we decided was, because we didn't like the thought of marketing, we wouldn't do any. <laughs> so we didn't. Because <laughs> I, I said to her, oh, God, I don't want to do all this advertising. So she said, no, nor am I. I said, okay, we won't do it. So we sold none. No books yeah. at all. Um, and then I happened to be speaking to a friend of mine over here in New Zealand, Emily, and she was self-publishing, and she told me she'd made six figures. And my, like, my eyes just like, like, six figures, how did you do that? So she yeah. said, oh, I took Mark Dawson's course. Mm. So, right, okay, mm. I want to do that. So I took Mark Dawson's course, and at the same time I decided that I didn't want to carry on with romance. I hated romance and YA. And so I decided to write what I enjoy reading and watching on the telly. I watch crime all the time, read it all the time. So yeah. I started writing crime fiction, did Mark's courses, started writing crime fiction, and it just took off like crazy. Oh, so, wow, fantastic. So, yeah, so then I was, so I was fully indie then, but then I decided to, I wanted some audio books, but I didn't want to have to do it myself. Mm-hmm. So I approached Podium at just the right time. They were looking to branch out into mystery, and so I've been with them ever since. They do all my audio books. And since then, sorry, I'm going on a bit, honestly. Not at all. Um, and then, so I've been doing, I was doing Indie, Podium. Then my friend and I decided we wanted to um, do a collaboration, do a couple of psychological thrillers. But she wasn't keen on Indie. So we entered Boldwood Books, ran a competition. Um, which I happened to see. And I said, oh, look, they're doing a competition for psychological thriller. Let's enter our – we'd only got three chapters. We'll enter those. And we won the competition. Oh, wow, great. Yes, yeah, so we won the competition, got a two-book contract, and then we had to write the book because we hadn't actually written it. Within, <laughs> like, it took us two or three months to write it. So we got a two-book contract with Boldwood. Then we signed for a further two books, which are coming out this year. And then just recently, I've um, signed with Storm. It's a new publisher headed by Oliver Rhodes, who used to be at Bookature. And I've just oh, signed fantastic. to do. Yes, I've just signed to do a um, a new series that's actually linked to my indie series. Nice. So you're you're a hybrid author, really. Totally hybrid now. Yes. Wow. But and how many? Five. But yeah. No, yeah. Not... How many novels have you released under your name? The crime fiction ones, my first series has got 12 in it, just, and my, that's, oh yeah, I should talk about that tonight, but my Cavendish and Walker series, which is the main yeah. series, which is yeah. um, a, a forensic psychologist with a, um, a DCI. There's 12 in that, but that will continue. The 
Clifford series, which is more their private investigators, but there's quite a lot of police procedural in there. Mm-hmm. I've just the fourth one's just come out in paperback. It's coming out next week in um, ebook. Oh, great! And so there's four of those with the five coming, um, and twelve of the others. Oh, wow, seventeen deep. Um, I... um, two, two at the moment of the psychological thrillers, with another two coming out this year. With Baldwood. With Baldwood, and I don't, I don't know how many of the storm books. Maybe a couple will be out this year. Maybe. Oh wow! So you're sort of twenty novels already deep, with another couple coming this year. That's. Yeah, I've got more if you count the YAs, but I see. I always yeah. think of that as a separate um, thing. Yeah. It's a pen name. So oh, well, I t- I, I our listeners. Under- our listeners would be intrigued to find out how you go about your um, career. So, uh, shall we get to the seven questions? Yeah, go on. <laughs> okay, Robert, are you ready? I'm go always on. ready. Okay, you hit, you hit Sally with question one. Okay, question one. Um, Sally, are you a full-time author? Yes. Fantastic. Um, it depends. If you mean, sorry for interrupting, full-time as in it's my only source of income. Yes, yeah. uh, full time. As in, I don't work all. I don't work all the way through the day. I have lots of games. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, that, yeah. I was going to say it's it's, it's um, yeah. It's your only source of income. But my what is so? What is your um, sort of your working week? Working week. I, actually, I've said that, but I do actually work ever, at my computer every day because I like it. I get up around five, half past five. Oh wow! Unless I've got a, you know, I might get up even earlier sometimes. Um, it depends. My working week depends on what stage I'm at. So, for example, at the moment, the book I'm writing at the moment, I'm at the first draft dictation stage because I dictate the first draft. So I get up about I don't know what say five half past five, have a shower, get ready, you know, blah blah, and then I sit at my desk and I force myself, and it's really hard, force myself to do two chapters of dictation. Oh, wow. And then I send it to my computer and then I can do everything like open my emails, check. I use BookEdge to, to, to see what, um, how I'm doing. Check BookEdge, check BookBub, check Facebook, check I have. And then I finish off doing a Wordle. That's my <laughs> oh, last nice. one. You know the word game well. I have to do the yeah. Daily New York Times Wordle. So that's the last thing I do. I check, yeah, I check the bank account. I check. So once I've done that, then I'll go back and edit what I've dictated, and then I will just do whatever else needs doing. You know, there's always something that needs doing. I have to stop at eleven because I'm obsessed with the place in the sun. The television. Oh, nice. <laughs> I love that program. If that's not on, it will be Escape to the Country. Or uh, I love these house programs. So I stop yes. from eleven till one. If we're not going out or doing anything, I'll go back and I'll carry on and do some work. Um, yes. So, but I do that seven days a week. But that's um, because. Oh, right. I'm the only person in the house that gets up early, so I might as well sit at my computer and. You know, Oh, nice. And sometimes I, I get distracted by YouTube and watching The Voice or something. Yeah, oh, yeah. All, I, I all, love that answer. We all love a YouTube <laughs> rabbit hole. I also like an eleven o'clock stop to watch some daytime television. But the, these are these are the, no, the great benefits of being a full time author. <laughs> You're in total control. <laughs> um, now, question two, Sally. Given your 
Yeah, you're a hybrid, but uh, for your independent um, books, are you, are you wide or are you exclusive to Amazon? I'm exclusive. Yeah. Um, I've always been exclusive, um, several reasons, um, mainly because as a genre, most mystery authors are in Amazon exclusively. Yeah. Um, I, it's probably about 60% of my income is from KU. It's quite a big, a big chunk. Um, and how shall I put this? Because I'm a bit older than a lot of authors, um, I'm not so worried that Amazon's going to go down the pan and leave me high and dry because really I'm only thinking of the next five to ten years. I can mm. do that. I don't have, you know, like people that are a lot younger and it's a career and they've got a plan for the future. My future is a lot shorter. How macabre mm. is that? But, um, <laughs> you know, I don't have to think 20, 30 years ahead. So being in... Being exclusive isn't an issue for me. I don't worry about the fact that it all might change because at the end of the day, if it did all change, it's not going to make too much difference, I hope. Only to yeah. my pride, I suppose. So, yeah, so that's why I'm exclusive. Yeah, well, when 60% of your income is coming from that exclusivity, it, it makes yeah. absolute total uh, sense. Yeah. And turning what I said on its head as well, with that in mind, I don't have the time to build up to be wide. I suppose that's probably a better answer. Yeah. Because um, it can take a few years. Yeah. Yeah. Shame we can't. Take two. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't have a lot of years to, to build a wide, a wide audience. So basically I need it straight away. That's my excuse too. Yeah. Mm. It's a good one, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's 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 completely sensible. Um, well, I, I, you know, David and I are both exclusive as well, so we uh, we we understand oh, you're where you're coming. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so, question number three: Name the one service you use as an indie author that you cannot do without. Yeah, if I had to say one, it would probably be Vellum. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm not a, I'm not very good technically. I can get by, but I find Vellum very easy to use. Mm -hmm. um, it does everything for me. I mean, there are a couple of things I, I'm not keen on. Um, but, I mean, yeah, obviously you could get someone to format the books for you, but that's not ideal because, you know, if someone tells you, oh, you've got a typo, I can just go in, change it, upload it. So Vellum for me is the most important. Probably, I know you only asked for one, probably followed by um, I'm with ConvertKit for my mailing list. Okay. So oh, that yeah. as well. But, but, not at, but Vellum, yeah, would be my main one. Yeah, Vellum is such such a fantastic piece of software for something that otherwise would be really, really difficult. Uh, the formatting of yeah. books is, is such a, a complicated process that uh, Vellum yeah. make it so simple. And as you say, you can outsource that, but owning it is um, very beneficial, as you say, if somebody spots a typo or you need to update a, yeah. a link at the back, it's you, you are in total control and you've got total autonomy over that. So so Vellum yeah. actually ranks very high between authors when we ask this question. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like literally it's a five minute fix for doing anything um, yes yeah. yeah exactly um which brings us on to question four sally um this is the one all our listeners really want answered how do you market your books 
they probably won't like my answer then in that case because um, <laughs> you don't do any you told us that no i don't yeah. <laughs> when i first started with the crime fiction when i, I obviously realized i've done mark's course for, so for the first year i did my own marketing i did facebook and i did amazon and i even tried bookbub ads and got severely burnt there um but once I'd got four books out, I actually um, outsourced my marketing and I've had the same guy doing all my stuff for me for the last three years. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's thanks to him that I hit six figures. Um, oh, really? That That's fascinating. Yeah. Um, and Sally, does he look I'm... after Facebook and Amazon ads for you? Well, initially we did Facebook and Amazon. Then we went for the first year. The last two years we were solely Amazon. And this last three months we've just gone back to doing Facebook and Amazon. Interesting. Um, and we do sometimes, well, we did, but then they were successful initially. Bookbub ads when we had launches. Bookbub ads are no good unless you've got a special offer or a launch. Mm, yeah. But I think really that's for when you've got fewer books and your launches, and you really need, need, need to push your launches. When you get to book, say twelve, you've got um, so many, you've got so much read through anyway. Um, we don't do launch splashes. We do a bit of a splash for launches, but nothing like we used to do. We tend to just now advertise the first book in the series to get the read through. Yeah, and you're and then you're relying on read through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we used to use like um, like free booksy and or or all those bargain booksy when we had a launch. Initially, we were using those to supplement the ads as well. Um, what else did we do? The other thing I do, which a lot of authors don't, is I apply for book bugs all the time. <laughs> Oh, right. all the time on all my books. Now, I know lots of people will only apply for book bubs, featured deals, just yeah. on the first one series, but I I just, ongoing, I've always got some something in, and I will take international or US as well. Okay, so will you apply for a book bub for a book six in the series? Yeah. Oh, I interesting. Just okay. I make sure that it's. I check my um, Kindle Unlimited, the and just to make sure I'm, I've got the, the space to do it. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I just apply for everything. And if they turn down the ninety nine cents, I'll then apply for the same book for free. Um, interesting, right? I need to. I need to get on to more often. Uh, yeah, but the more you apply, the more chance you've got of getting picked yeah um, yeah and is, is have you do you have to apply within a certain if you apply with one book you can't then apply again for 90 days or something or, is, or am i reading no, that wrong you, i mean you can have it's 30 days oh 30 if you apply and get turned down let's just start again if you apply and get turned down for say 99 cents you can apply straight away for free Ah, you, you can't apply for the same deal. Yeah, with the same book. If you get turned down for free as well, you have to wait 30 days to apply again for that book. Yeah, right. yes. You can certainly put in another book. Yeah. If you have a book, Bob, you have to, you won't have one. They won't offer you another one for 30 days after 
your you've had your actual book birthday. Interesting. So if I had one on the fifth of January, they I wouldn't get another one until at least the fifth of February. Oh, this is a fascinating answer to this question. So just before Robert asks the next one, Sally, do you, would you get offered about six or seven book bub feature deals a year? Yeah, probably around yeah. that. And nice. then you're just collating thousands of readers from each of those deals. You see, yeah, I mean, obviously you get people that are only interested in freebies, but you can see yeah. a spike. It doesn't matter whether you get, um, whether it's an international, which is... Um, it used to be India, but it's not. It's just um, UK, Canada, and Australia. There's still a spike, and it still pays for itself. Yeah. Uh, all you know, the main for me, the main thing is that it, you cover the cost. They're not like they used to be, and people say that. But I wasn't around when they yeah. used to be like that. Yeah. But if I see a spike and I'm picking up more readers, then I good, can't see good news. And they're still yeah, it's definitely worth the investment of book bob. Yeah, I mean, there, there are plenty of other people. Because you see, when you look at the book bump email that comes around, you see the same people. You know, yeah, you signing up. Getting them and say, oh, they've had another one. Oh, they've had another one. Yeah. But if you don't, because I do, you know, obviously you go on the, the sites and people say, oh, I can never get a, a book bump. I've applied for years. And then when you dig a little deeper, they say, wait till they've had a launch and apply for one as that launch and they didn't get it. And then six months down the track with another book, they'll apply again. Well, the chances of getting one are not so high as if you just keep applying. Yeah, absolutely. Two seconds, you just go in there, oh, I'll try that one this time. And don't, don't think it just has to be book one in a series. Sometimes what you'll find is if you have a book bub on, say, book three or book four, you'll get loads of sales for book five. Interesting, book yes. Six. yeah. Or they'll go back on book one. I also you know, found yeah, as a good, a good strategy with that is if you, because um, I know some people are quite fast and loose with their Kindle countdown deals if they're in uh, KDP, but if you keep them loose and you get a book bub deal on like say book four, if you then put books one to three on a Kindle countdown deal over that as well, you can put yeah. all your books up for like two or three days for 99p but get 70 yeah. percent profit on them and yeah. because you've had like a yeah. 500 people buy the fourth book they'll all buy the other ones as well so you get a spike right. in loads of books nice yeah and, and you get the read through as well yeah which is so important you know but, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah i mean if they use properly they're great for just getting more making you more money and getting more readers let's um, say so you've got to take a longer term view with things like that. You can't think, yeah. like some people think, oh, God, I'm not giving my book away for 99 cents. Yeah, like David. You know, three of my books for 99 cents. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it's not worth it, but it is worth it because if they read from book one to book 12, you know, and yeah. you price yeah. accordingly, I mean, that's another thing. Every you know, pricing to me is a very important issue as well. Um, yeah, you know, I don't have my books aren't priced the same all the way through from start to finish. They gradually go up. So the latest, the book twelve in the US is something like six ninety nine, and I think I can't remember it's it five or four ninety nine in the UK. But they go up. You know, an yeah. extra dollar on a book, you know, you over the year. Yeah, it's really yeah adding up for you. Absolutely. 
that's a fascinating answer, uh, Sally, because I don't think many people are that courageous with book bub deals um, mm. as, as you are. Um, I'm going to move on to question five. Um, what's the one thing you know now that you wish you knew from the outset, apart from marketing, obviously, because you didn't do that when you started. <laughs> yeah, uh, marketing, that works. Um, I suppose, excuse me, a big thing that I suffered from and I try not to do now is comparisonitis. You yeah. can't, you mustn't compare yourself with anybody else because everybody has got a different journey or call it whatever you like, you know, if I'd have yeah. known that, instead of thinking, oh, I'm a failure, I'm a failure, I'm not doing as well as that person or that person, you know, every person's road, I mean, all our three will be totally different, what we do. Every, everybody takes a different path. Um, and, yeah, so if I wish I'd known that and I wouldn't, I'd have stopped looking around at everybody else and thinking, oh, why can't I be like that? It's such a great answer. It really is. Comparisonitis is such a disease um, in every walk of life uh, yeah. now because we, we can see what everybody's up to and, and we're comparing ourselves to them. But just as a, a very short anecdote on that, even for me, book to book, I can't compare. I can't say, well, I, in the middle of middle America is doing this marketing wise. Why isn't she said, Tree said doing this? Like from book to book, I can't even compare in a slight change of genre. So looking at other authors and thinking, why, why am I achieving what they're achieving? Um, it's, just, it's just a redundant feeling it, and it only adds pressure to you. So that's, that's a really great answer for our, our listeners. And, and it's hard because it's, it's a very sharing occupation, if you like. You know, authors are really kind and helpful and like to share, which is yeah. good because otherwise we're stuck in our offices and we don't know what how it's going on. Um, but the other side of that is then you start thinking, oh, gosh, they're doing so well. But, you know, really, unless you see their accounts from their accountants, you know, people can yeah. say anything. Can't you? you don't know how much they spend. You know, you, you know what they can get in, but you don't know what their bottom line is. Exactly. Yeah, we, yeah. we really don't know the full truth. Yeah, they're, 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 and they're most likely sharing the highlights with us and um, neglecting yeah. to show yeah. any low lights. Um, I wonder, will this bleed into question six or your answer for question six, which is what is your um, biggest frustration as an independent author? I think it's the fact that um, we're not valued as much as traditional authors. Mm, yeah. You know, like you get people, and this is not people in who write, you know, but people, they know you write and they say, oh, who are you published with? Penguin or blah, blah, yeah. They say, well, no, actually I published myself. And you watch their face drop, <laughs> don't you? Like no. the negative expression on their face. So, and, and it's very frustrating because so very often, depending on what mood I'm in, I'll, I'll tell them all the statistics. You know, I'll say, well, you do know that traditionally published authors on average now are only making about seven grand, yeah. seven thousand pounds a year. A year. And they don't yeah. sell very many books. And, and then I'll say, and yeah, I was a six-figure author this year and there are hundreds and thousands of independent authors like me and, you know, and I've got 500,000 readers and, you know, and, and I'm not even doing very well compared to lots of people. <laughs> so, um, but it's just that attitude. And 
and if you know, and if you showed, if you if you took five or ten books, half of them were trad published, and good books, and half of them were indie. They can't tell the difference if you look at the covers. If they've got good covers, you can't Absolutely. tell the difference. You know, so yeah, that is my biggest frustration. People that just don't treat us. I suppose they're not treating you as an author in the same way as they would if. Yeah. And just as a slight follow-up on that, Sally, if you don't mind. So I've been doing this for about six and a half years, probably similar time frame to Robert. You've been doing it slightly longer. Have you seen the attitude change in the last decade from, with regards respect for independent authors, or do you still think it, it, it's sort of flatlined? I don't think people know. We yeah. know because we're in the industry. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, the public the layman know. doesn't know. Yeah, but I don't think they do. But to be honest, it's not something I've thought about. So I just know that I still get the look. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The the, the excitement drops in the face. Yeah. Yeah. I'm my own publisher, and then their eyes glaze over. You know. Yeah. What you should do is just say, uh, give the name of what you would call a publishing house, and if they say like, "Oh, um, I've not heard that one," you just say, "Yeah, but you know, even last year they've sold this many books." Like. Okay, yeah, that's cool. And you go, yeah, and the yeah. only books they sell are mine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that's, that is a frustration. I think every single one of our listeners will have experienced yeah. at some but point. The thing is, you know, we're laughing on the other side of our, our exactly. faces. Exactly. But I'm going to give you the final question now, Sally. Um, and I think you'll definitely have a good one, um, considering where you've got to with your um, indie author careers. What's the oh, no one? Pressure. Yeah, well, I like to, <laughs> I like I like to build it right up at the end. Um, what's the one piece of advice you would pass on to our listeners? I actually like this question, and it's one that you often get asked when you're doing interviews. And for me, it is you have to treat. Um, like a business yes and I know lots of people say that um, yeah. you know you've got to get the best product you can bearing in mind your finances out there you've got to get a good cover if you can you've got to get your editors your proof editors um, proofreaders sorry editors get your cover down but um, but the other thing is and I think this is part of treating it like a business is you can't be a perfectionist Mm-hmm. You've really just yeah. got to put out something that is as good as it can be. It's never going to be perfect, um, or you'll never publish it. And you don't even have to be the best writer in the world. I'm not the best writer in the world. I have friends that write so much better than me, but they can't run the business. And if you can't yeah. run the business, and if you think, you know, if you think all the time with your writing head and not your business head, you're not going to be successful. You know, you've got to, for me, it's a job. I have to turn up to my job every day. And I can't suddenly say, you know, oh, I don't feel like it today. I'm not going to do it. If I've got a deadline, I've got to stick to it. You know, I've got to be consistent. I've got to be out there. And I've got to pay attention to the business side of things and how it's going. You know, it's like, you know, you wouldn't expect, um, I don't know, your electrician to turn up one day and said, oh, sorry, I can't fix it. I just don't feel like doing it today, you know, because <laughs> it gets sacked. Yeah. So, yeah, so this is it. Treat it like a business. You know, don't be a perfectionist. You've got to be more pragmatic. 
and just be consistent. And that, that would, yeah, that's yeah. Would be my advice. It's great advice because so many people come into it thinking they're just going to be full-time authors and their only responsibility is getting words on the page. But there are, of course, a lot more elements to it than that. Sally, we really appreciate you staying up late um, for us tonight to talk to us. Um, Sally's first book in the um, Cavendish and Walker series is called Deadly Games. Highly recommended. Big, big ratings uh, on Amazon. Sally, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time thank you very much i've really enjoyed it and i haven't minded staying up late (laughs) (laughs) thank you sally speak to you soon um well that was fascinating wasn't it david um, yeah, every every guest is fascinating. So the book bub thing fascinated me. There was so much about what Sally said that sort of opened my eyes there. Uh, a different way of approaching it to uh, how I have approached it. And, you know, we're learning yet again. Yeah. And I also think uh, the message she did in her advice to the authors, uh, to our listeners, about treating it like a business was something that we preach week on week. So it's nice to know that yeah. we're not... Uh, the only um, people who look at it that way, especially if someone who's been doing Absolutely. it so long and has had such great success as well. Yeah. Yeah. She's done really well, Sally. Yes. Um, well, David, that brings the end to our first show of 2023. Um, it's been emotional. Um, <laughs> but uh, what are you doing this week before I speak to you next? What you, what you got on for the next seven days? Um, I have a list of things to do um, that I've just been looking at actually before. Uh, oh, I can rack accounts off it now. That's all done. Nice. Um, I'm the America trilogy. The three books are out, but I need to put them in trilogy form and and package them up um, that way. So that will look like a new release on America and the UK when I, well everywhere. But I, but I want to tie that in with when I'm going to start, which I will over the next week. Um, creating these ads and marketing towards the American market. So I want to tie that in together. And I also, over the next week, have marked down here that I want to have a look at A-plus content. I know you're ahead of me on that, Rob. I, I did really good A-plus content for my Alex Ferguson biography, but I have never really done it for my novels. So I'm going to start looking into that over the next week. Um, what have you got on for the next seven days? Um, I am tying up my sort of research on Bermuda advertising and I'm going to set them up in AMS. I'm also, so AMS ads, so Amazon ads. Um, I'm also tempted just to duplicate everything I've done in my UK Amazon ads to the American market as well. Um, Great. Because I checked, I checked, I did a little bit of research and I checked that um, although I don't do much marketing towards America, uh, the night shift first book in Sam Pope has got nearly 2,000 reviews or ratings in America. So it's definitely Great. getting reading there. So I should probably start yeah, promoting. It's got some and, traction, yeah. And I I sh- I'll hopefully be getting my proofread back of Sam Pope 10 so then I can get that ready out to my better read- beta readers and um, get it ready for launch, I guess. Nice. So a busy week ahead, I feel. Busy week, busy year ahead. Um, do, of course, reach out to us over the course of this week or even the course of the year when you're ready on Facebook at the Two Indie Authors Podcast. Myself and Rob are open to any of your feedback and, of course, any questions you may pose that we can bring up 
on this podcast. That's it, buddy. That's episode one of 2023 done. Have a great week. You too. And uh, we'll hit you back up next Monday. We'll be back in your ears to win the otters. Oh, 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 oh,